Here we go. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I am so excited to have Crystal Payne, money-saving mom, here with us today. Welcome. I am so excited to be here, Jenny. It is such an honor, and I have been looking forward to this interview ever since we got it scheduled. Yes. Okay, so I have your newest book, The Time-Saving Mom. It is beautiful, and the subtitle is How to Juggle a Lot, Enjoy Your Life, and Accomplish What Matters Most. Such a perfect topic. But the coolest thing is that I recognize your podcast room because I've been there. Yes, I've been there in person. I think this is the first time that I've ever seen over the screen the room and been like, oh, I recognize that room. I know that. I was in yes. there. I was like the worst in-guest podcast person because I just started crying. It's. <laughs> I'm so impressed that you do your podcast in person. It's so much fun, but you know, it's interesting. You have, you were not the first person to cry. And I don't know, I feel like there's something, I don't know what it is, but my mom has the same effect on people too. It's a very common thing when I have conversations with people, I they start crying. And so I don't know, I'm like, does that mean I'm asking the right questions or I'm asking the wrong questions? I don't know. Oh, you know, and this is something I think about giving someone else your presence and it just doesn't happen that much anymore. And it was just really beautiful. So I've been to your home been to your beautiful podcast studio and it's been so fun to get to know each other. So you're the founder of Money Saving Mom, host of the phenomenal Crystal Payne Show podcast, New York Times bestselling author of so many books, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode. I mean, these are all the books that moms need to read, right? Money Making Mom, Love Centered Parenting, and you live in Tennessee in the Nashville area, six kids involved in your local church. You're just doing so much with foster care. And as I'm saying this, as I'm speaking out all these things about you, one of the questions you get asked most often is, how do you find the time? How do you do it all? And so you wrote this book, this book that you didn't really want to write. Is that the story? Yes, that's the story. And the reason my resistance really came from the fact that, you know, there are so many books out there on time management. And my publisher just really wanted me to write one. And I was thinking, what do I have to add that's going to be different from all the amazing books that are on intentional living and time management and all of that. And yet at the same time, I realized when I started thinking about the possibility of writing this book and really praying about that, I realized this is something that I've actually been passionate about since the time I was a young girl. And I was on the phone with my mom and she was saying, don't you remember? And I, when I was 18 years old, I was talking about this in the book of my graduation speech, not because I was a valedictorian, but because I was homeschooled, I got to give a speech to my graduation. And it was about time is short. And that's something that I've just been really, really passionate about, just encouraging people. We only get one life. And so I just really want moms to not just slog through their days, like just trying to make it through. And I know we talked about this when you were on my podcast of just how you know, this thing of being outdoors and how that really shifted for you and changed your life and then gave you this fresh wind of excitement, how, you know, you were emotional on my podcast because you realized I love my life. And that's really my hope and my heart for women, for everyone. Like, I don't want you to just be going through your life, barely surviving. I want you to be thriving. I want you to be living your best self and really making a difference and an impact in the world. And so that's really my passion. And that started just really come out. And so I ended up loving writing this book, even though I was resistant in the beginning. Wow. I love it, Crystal. I cannot wait to read your other books. What I thought the most about it is, 
it's so cohesive. Like it just made sense. They just, you walked right through it. It was a read that you could tell was by a mom for a mom, a mom that is a business owner, a mom that does foster care, a mom that has a child that's medically complex, a mom that has teenagers and babies. You just know, like it, it all makes sense. And I love that you pulled in other people's advice. Like you would have a section on laundry and it would bring in all these other moms and what do they do and how do they make it work? And I thought that was a really cool thing too. Just these little tidbits, right? I so thoroughly enjoyed the book and an interesting thing that, yeah, there are other time management books, but I don't think there's any others like this that's written by a mom who is doing all of the things and it speaks to you as a mother that when you're in that stage of life, I could do this. So one of the things that you just briefly touched on was this concept of we only have one life to live. And you look at your life through this lens of two different questions. These are such important questions to pay attention to. What are the two questions that you frame everything through? So really, ever since I was a young girl, I my my grandma died whenever I was 12 years old. It was a very sudden thing. Mm. We were really close. And I just had this sense of time is short and you yeah. never know. We never know that we're promised tomorrow. And so I started just really wrapping my time and my life and energy around what's going to matter at the end of my life and really going through my days saying, what's going to matter in 25 years from now? And thinking as I you know, just live my normal life. What's going to matter at the end of my life? What's going to matter in 25 years from now? And I feel like the gap between those questions is getting closer and closer as I get older and older. (laughs) But really to think about that, and it changes your perspective because it can feel like there's so much right now that matters. And there is a lot that matters, but so often, you know, it'll be the laundry and you know, what am I going to feed my kids? And oh, this this thing, this math problem or, you know, just the the day to day things that can feel so overwhelming or important. But then when we zoom out and we think of 25 years from now, it really changes how we mm-hmm. approach our days. And there's so much that truly isn't going to matter at the end of my life, but there's so much yeah. that is. And so really wanting to invest my time and my energy and my day into those things. And it's really people. Like That's yeah. really what matters. And so for me, I've let go of a lot of things that I used to hold on really tightly to. For instance, I used to love to have my house super clean and organized. I feel like I was raised in a very clean and organized home. And so I kind of felt like that's who I'm supposed to be. But to recognize you know, sometimes when our door is just a revolving door and we have so many people into our home and a lot of little children and with foster care and all that, letting some of that go and being okay with friends coming over and there's dishes in the sink and there's a mess on the floor and just letting people see me as I am because to think of Mm. that's what's truly going to matter. Like that's what I want to invest my time and my life around is people. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't actually really remember those dishes in the sink. You don't, not the specifics of it, but you do remember the people and the relationships and the conversations and the things that you do together. This, I mean, I, I loved this book, Crystal, The Time Saving Mom. These were some of the points that I feel like most of us feel. I feel overwhelmed by all that I want and need to do, but don't know where to start. I have too much going on in my life. There's just no way I can slow down and have more quality time with my family. I wish I could get everything done that needs to get done without being stressed 
from the moment I wake up. I always feel behind. I need more discipline and routine in my life, but don't know where to start. I mean, it was like, check, 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 check. And then you really walked the reader through the answers to this in a way that works. And I love that at the end, you have this seven-week plan of small steps, small changes that you could make that are really going to turn the thing around. So let's just walk through these four pieces. And what's interesting is you and I have a similar thing going on where we're talking about getting kids outside. You're talking about helping moms save money and in this case, manage their time and all sorts of things. And so these are not religious things necessarily. Yet you and I are both Christians and our audience is a mix of all sorts. But you start this one out really interestingly by saying, look, the number one key is I pray. Yeah. How have people responded to that? And can you tell us, just unpack that a little bit more? It was interesting because when I was writing this book, my publisher, they're a Christian publisher actually, but they really, they're like, we got to get to the practical stuff. And I was like, I got to start with the foundational stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we can add all these great time management tips and principles and strategies to our day. But for me, if I don't start from that foundation of resting and relying upon Jesus, it's just not going to truly matter. And so for me, starting my day from that posture of prayer. And so I start my day by praying over all of the details of my day, the known and the unknown and giving it to God. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's just something about that of releasing what I'm carrying and opening up my hands. I literally often will just physically open up my hands and just be like, Jesus, I need you. Like this day can feel overwhelming. Or maybe I was up in the night with young children or up late at night with teenagers who are, you know, walking through hard stuff and just feeling like this is too much. But to recognize I have God's spirit in me as a Christian, I have his spirit in me and I don't have to do this life in my own strength. For me, that is the number one key for how I do what I do, how I juggle a lot and enjoy my life and accomplish what matters most is relying upon the Lord. And so in the book, I really talk about what that looks like. Getting on the treadmill in the morning. I know I should go on a, on a walk outside. I feel like I probably shouldn't say I got on my treadmill, but I have little children here. And so there are a lot of mornings when you just, they're still asleep. And so that's, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. There are seasons, but anyway, right. getting on my treadmill, I'm praying over my day while I'm walking. There's something about moving my body that Mm -hmm. kind of clears my mind and allows me to really be able to focus. And so I find whether that's a walk around my neighborhood or walk on my treadmill where I am just really praying over the details of my day and also praying over my husband and my kids and naming each one of them and then praying specifically for them. And a lot of times I'll realize, you know what, I'm feeling heavy hearted about something with one of my kids, or I'm feeling anxious about something. And it just gives me that opportunity to stop and name it and release it. And so starting my day then in that space of, I'm not trying to do this in my own strength. And then I also talk about flare prayers, shooting up flare Mm -hmm. prayers throughout the day when something comes up. Maybe it's a teenager walks in the room and says, hey, mom. And then they spit out something that you're like, where did that go? (laughs) What am I going to do about this? I have no idea. There's not a handbook for how to handle this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just shooting up that flare prayer to the Lord being like, God, give me wisdom. Help my teen to feel so loved as I walk with them through this. Or 
Maybe it's that there are two toddlers hanging on to my legs and a baby that's crying and I am just feeling like I don't have what it takes. And so crying out to the Lord and asking him to help me in that moment, or it's a phone call that I need to make or a meeting that I need to have or something mm-hmm. that I need to do where I, I just, I feel inadequate. And so just shooting up those flare prayers throughout the day. And so for me, this has made such a huge difference and also asking God to multiply my time and multiply mm-hmm. my energy. And yeah. he is so faithful. Yes. Multiply your sleep, your time, your energy, your inspiration. I was really touched by this start of the book because this is this is your life. This is your book. This is what you write. And when people see that your efforts are multiplied, you can say, this is what I attribute it to. I attribute it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you wrote, my most effective time management strategy is to begin my day with Jesus, fully relying on him. Mm-hmm. So that's how this book starts. Just such a beautiful foundation and great to read your story and lots of ideas there. Just about how our days do. They, they're filled with so many little details and in a lot of ways we can give them over in faith. And then you move on to some practical things. And I love it, Crystal. I love this. The six by two system. Tell us about it. So this actually came about, I was on an interview years and years ago, and this person was asking me, like, how do you do what you do? And all of a sudden, I just, I held up my hands and I was like, I have two hands. I can only hold two things at one time. And I started to recognize this has become a practice that I didn't intentionally set out to have this system. It just sort of happened. And now it's become it just happens without me even putting a lot of time and effort into it. But I call it my six times two priority system. I have six priority areas that I want to really wrap my life around, you know, kind of thinking in terms of what's going to matter in 25 years from now. And so those areas, then I don't try to focus on all of them every day. And I feel like so many of us go through life feeling so overwhelmed because we're trying to do all the things at all the times. Like as a mom, Mm -hmm. we might feel like, okay, I need to be, you know, focusing on keeping my home in order and I need to be focusing on my marriage and I need to be focusing on taking care of my kids and I need to be focusing on my physical health. And, and what about also, you know, friendships and, and maybe I have a business or, you know, a side thing that I'm doing as well. And I, and I need to do it all. And then all of a sudden we aren't doing anything well because we're feeling like we've got to do it all, all the time. And so this really allows me to just focus on two per day. I've got two hands. I can hold two things at once. And so that doesn't mean that, you know, if it's like the day that I'm focusing on my marriage and my home that I'm not like, okay, kids, not talking to you today because you're not on the priority list, but it just means more intentional time. So I might be getting caught up on the laundry and doing some extra homemaking, decluttering, that sort of thing. And then also maybe having a date night with my husband. And so just that focused intentional time in those two areas and then rotating the areas that I focus on so that throughout the week, I have spent intentional time in each area at least twice. This helps me also so that I can be fully present where I am and just give my full self to that instead of feeling like I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that. I can think, you know what? I'll get to that tomorrow, or I'm going to take care of that on Thursday, or I'm going to focus on that on Saturday. And so then I can be fully where I am right now. I love this. It is brilliant. I think probably on some level, maybe 
we do this kind of, right? It's like, well, you know, we, we see friends on a somewhat regular basis or we go on a date on a somewhat regular basis. But this is such a brilliant way of being intentional about it so that I could say, like I was thinking about it in my own life. It's like, well, you know, maybe two days a week, I really focus on a certain friend and I make sure I reach out or have a conversation or maybe we grab coffee. But I really loved that you're so flexible with it. And this is a big theme in the book is letting go of perfectionism. So what you talk about with this is that you can easily swap one to the next, whatever comes your way. If someone shows up at your door crying, if you know you have a big business thing, you're launching a book, whatever it is, that you can shift. It says you can change your focus for the day and then you can focus on the other thing tomorrow or a different day that week. And I would imagine that it also just helps you feel a sense of accomplishment. Like things are so gray. And sometimes you're like, am I doing an okay job as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as whatever. Then you really have these little touch points that you can be like, well, you know, I was intentional about that thing several times within the last couple months. So I, I just love it. And you have worksheets that people can use that are very intuitive. Can you tell us about a couple of the worksheets that are in this book? And you can also get them on your website, right? Yes. There's a link at the back of the book so you can download all of them. All right. So I'm going to tell people what it is. It's crystalpain.com slash TSM for time-saving mom. So people can go there and get these different worksheets, but they're also right in the book. And there's several different ones. Crystal, I love it. I love it so much. I love the whole book. I read it and I was so encouraged. Also a little convicted, which I love that too. Like I love that. Convicted, but with an answer, right? And so you have this in the back, you have the time blacklist, you have your daily habit tracker, and then you have this six, you call it six times two. And it just shows you, and you also have it from your own life, what that might look like. So there's examples in there. And then you really say over and over again, and I think this is a message that moms need to hear. You say over and over again, nothing will be perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's not about executing 100% of the time. It's about being more thoughtful and more intentional. Stop stressing over getting it perfect. If you want to hear where you get that this holiday season, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping fun and super stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. And they are truly unique. If you hop on over to uncommongoods.com, you will find all sorts of gift ideas that you have never seen anywhere else. I love giving gifts and I love finding unique things to give. So you definitely have to check out what they have to offer. Here are a few of my favorite gifts that I have found on their site. I love all of their kitchen accessories. They have phenomenal cheese boards and snack dishes and serving dishes and plates, things for outdoor dining as well. I love their unique storage and organization items like the flour and herb drying rack and the bee cookbook stand. It is all so cute. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the US. They have the most meaningful, out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you could find just anywhere. 
skip the gift cards, and head on over to Uncommon Goods. You can get 15% off your next gift by going to uncommongoods.com slash outside. That's uncommongoods.com slash outside for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. So one of the things that I got from the book that people ask you a lot, and you had brought up in terms of that you had a period of life I can't imagine that it's now that you have teenagers and all these kids, but you had a period of life, and maybe it still is, I don't know, where you had a $70 weekly grocery budget. Do you still have that? We have upped it a little bit. We're at like 100 to 125. And I always say like, people need to understand, my kids don't eat all their meals at home, my teenagers. They have one child who has a feeding tube, two that are little, and one that is at college. So, like, I feel like I can't be like, this covers every single you sure, know, thing. Sure. Every single meal for every single reason. But, but at one point, we did have our $70 grocery budget was covering pretty much all of our meals. But now it's a little bit. No, a little higher. 125, 100 to 125. Yeah. Right. So, people look at that and they say, well, I can't do that. And so then they throw in the towel. How do you respond to that? What's your response to someone? And same thing with this book. Like, you know, so I can't do that. What would your response be? Well, you probably get this a lot too, because people are like, well, I could never spend a thousand hours outside. And they tell you all the reasons why. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that I found that when someone feels resistance or a little bit of maybe conviction or challenge that instead of stepping into that and really leaning into that and saying, okay, hold up. Why, why am I feeling like I can't do this? What is there? Like, why am I resistant? You instantly just go to excuses. You know, you come up with all the reasons why you can't do this thing. And so with the grocery budget, it's so fascinating to me because yes, moneysaveyoumom.com. Like what I do is sharing with people ways that they can save money, not only on groceries, but on uh, lots of areas in their life. But I never say everyone should have a low grocery budget or this is the ideal number that y'all need to have. But people instantly will jump to that and tell me, well, we live way out in the country. We have five teenage boys. You know, you've never seen how much my husband can eat. My my kids are super picky. We are gluten free. You know, they give me all the reasons that I'm like, okay, it's not about what I'm doing. And it's Mm -hmm. not about what you can't do. Let's focus on what you can do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like with your, with your business, maybe someone can't be outside for a thousand hours a year for whatever reason, but could you be outside just a little bit more? What can you do with what you have, where you are? And so really challenging people to stop saying, I can't and start instead asking, what can I do? Mm Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I had highlighted this one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Focus on what you can do. And one of the things you had in here, which I thought is worth its weight in gold, Crystal, was you talk about when we have company over, because this is a thing. We like to have people over too, and your your house is never like quite as clean as you had hoped you would get there. But you have this thing in there that's how to get your house company ready in two hours and you literally have it down to the minute i mean i think everybody should buy the book even if it's like literally just for that it's such a good book but i was like two hours this is incredible you know one of the things it's so interesting because for years and years i wanted to be the person that would write words that would make people just like 
sigh with like, oh, the beauty of those, the artistic words <laughs> put together. And I fought against this for a long time because I was like, why am I the person that I just have all the practical things? And then I finally realized, you know, that is who I am called to be like that. I am not the person that is going to write the words that are going to make people just sigh and read it again because it's so poetic. But I can give them very practical ideas of ways that you can take these big picture ideas, break them down into bite-sized pieces. And so for me, that was really my hope with this book. Not everything's going to apply to you. Not everything's going to work for you, but to give you a lot of practical starting points and very specific ideas so that it's not just this theoretical, but it's really tangible. And Honestly, you, know, you talked about that there aren't a lot of books that were written by a mom who was really in the trenches. And I talk about this in the book. I actually wrote this book. I don't say this in the book because some people would probably be horrified, but I wrote this book in five and 15 minute segments. Like I rarely ever had more than five or 15 minutes at a time to write because that was the season of life that I was in when I found out that. I, so I said yes to write in this book and we were in the middle of fostering. So we had five children we were fostering and our little son who has is medically complex. He has Down syndrome, a cleft lip palate feeding tube. He was actually supposed to be adopted by another family. I shared this story in the book. And soon after I said yes to this book and started writing, he was going to be moving to this other home. Well, then things changed with that situation and we ended up saying yes to adopting him. So that was wonderful, different than what I was planning, but that was wonderful. And then four weeks later, found out I was expecting, which was completely out of the blue. Not like we had been told we could never, we'd never be able to have kids again. And we weren't even candidates for IVF because of all the things. And so that was so, so unexpected. And so I wrote this book in the middle of morning, noon, and night sickness with two toddlers and three teenagers. So I had to be my own case study because when I honestly, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, well, there's no way I can finish the book. Like I can't do that. And then I thought the whole point of the book is to give people really practical things for when they say, I can't do this. What can I do? And so I said, okay, I am going to see, do these principles actually work in a very unexpected season? And so the book was written in five and 15 minute segments. Often when I was holding one or two children, I finished the edits four weeks after I had a baby and, you know, (laughs) It just is what it was. And so, you know, it was written by someone who was very much in the trenches and it's not theoretical of like, oh, back 10 years ago when I had young children, this is what works for me. It's like, no, right now, in the next last 10 minutes, this is what has worked for me. So, Crystal, that is wild to me because when I finished the book, the thing that I wrote at the bottom of my notes here which you could probably see because I made it so big. I just felt like it was so cohesive. You know, some books are kind of all over the place. You get a lot out of them, but they're just a little all over the place. And I was like, this is one of the most cohesive books. Just walked me through, held my hand that I've ever read. And you wrote it in small segments. Well, and you know, I also, this I didn't say this in the book either, but I don't know if you had a lot of nausea with your pregnancies, but um, so I have this thing where whatever I spend a lot of time listening to or reading or doing like in those first four or five months, I can't ever listen to or see for the rest of my life because it will make me feel really sick to my stomach. So I was like, how do I write a book 
that I'm going to have to be seeing and marketing and talking about for years to come and not be completely sick of it. Because when I was in kindergarten, so I was getting ready to start kindergarten. My mom was pregnant with my younger, one of my siblings, and um, she was planning, she planned out our whole curriculum. And then she was so sick of it that she threw it out and picked a different curriculum for homeschooling. So I was like, I can't do that. (laughs) That doesn't work. So, so I had to kind of distance myself from the words. It's really weird, but I had to just like distance myself from the words for a few months to get over all the nausea. So then I could go back to it. And I, when I actually read the audio book to do, I I narrated Mm -hmm. the audio book. It was the first time that I had actually read all of the words together because I just hadn't been able to. And so I was like, you know, so if it's a cohesive book, it's definitely like that first piece of prayer and relying upon the Lord. Definitely. It's thanks to that. So Wow. Wow. You had even written in here something about if you had to pick the most inopportune time to say, yes, this was it. Mm-hmm. This was so inopportune. And yet... You write this book and like you said, it was a case study. And I think it really comes out through the book that yes, this is written by a mom who gets it and who is in it. And there was a really beautiful, I keep looking through my notes to see if I can find it because I know I wrote a note about it. There was one really, really beautiful thing in here that I absolutely loved. It was like a post that you had had on Instagram and then you had taken the words and put it in the book. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was so beautiful. The one, there was one that was about. um, Oh, I found it. It was a permission slip to step out of the race. Oh, this is so beautiful. I'm reading a little bit of it because I was really touched by this. Is there, oh, the point was sometimes we're just doing the wrong thing. Mm. Like you say, is there a race you're trying to win or a lane you're running in that you were never cut out for in the first place? And so you talk about the things that we do because everyone else is doing it. And you say, today, I want to give a permission slip to slip out of that race, to stop chasing something you weren't created for, and to step into your own beautiful lane of calling and purpose. So you have it both in here, Crystal. You have the practical and the beautiful. I mean, those are beautiful words. Let's talk about a little bit more of the practical. So you had some really cool ideas for simplifying. And these two questions that you ask yourself often which are great questions. I'm adding this to my life. How can I make this easier? And what can I do to simplify my life? So let's talk about, I found some cool things in this book, outfit formulas. This is amazing. Never heard of it. Well, you pretty much have that though, don't you? I mean, I just wear the same thing all the time. Yes. It just makes life so simple. And, you know, I know some people, like I have a daughter who is very artistic and creative. And if she were to have an outfit formula, it would drive her absolutely nuts because she wants to put together a new brand new look every single day, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's not going to work for everybody. But for me, I just kind of have these simple outfit formulas that it's like, okay, this kind of t-shirt or this kind of shirt with these kind of pants that I just, it's like, you just do the same thing. And then Mm -hmm. it makes like the less that I can spend thinking about things, planning things and having more space in my brain than to be able to focus on things that I really want to spend my time doing. And so things like that, or like meals, we keep meals super, super simple or things like I will eat the same breakfast right now. I've been eating scrambled eggs, avocado, and salsa 
every single morning. Like that's just what I eat. And I'll probably, you know, I don't know, I might eat it for a few months and then I'll switch to something else. But it, then it's just, I don't have to think. I don't, mm-hmm. I just, you just kind of put these areas of your life on autopilot. When the mail comes, go through it, throw the stuff that you don't need into the recycling bin and don't even bring it into your house. Just a lot of things like that, that I talk about in the book that just really helped me to keep life simple and put these things on autopilot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great ideas. Tell us your five makeup products that you use. Okay. So I use CoverGirl mascara. I use just a foundation. I use that actually on my eyes and um, I don't even use eyeliner or eyeshadow or anything like that. I use um, lip gloss and I use, I'm like, oh yes, I use, um, <laughs> I was like, what are the five? Um, I use blush and I use brow stuff. And so that's it. It's like Thanks. always do my hair the way, same way, do my makeup the same way every single day. And it just keeps it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You say you only wash your hair once a week, that you have a donation bin in the garage. That's brilliant. And I love the idea of avoiding work meetings. Tell us about that. Yes. So there are so many meetings that people want to have that could easily be an email. And so I know for some people, if I share about this, they're like, that's really rude. But I'm like, you know what? It saves me and these other people time. So I have a thing whenever I get an email that somebody wants to set up a meeting with me, I'll just say, can you send me a short proposal or can you tell me more details in the email? I cannot tell you how many hours and hours and hours and hours of my life I've gotten back because they'll send me the email back and I'll be like, oh, in like two minutes, I can realize, no, I didn't need that 20 minute meeting. And there's so often that I had gotten into meetings and within two minutes, I know this is a no, but you don't want to really be like, okay, let's stop right here. No, not interested. You know, so then you sit there and politely listen to the whole rest of the thing. And you're like, okay, well, I'll get back with you when it could have just been an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. This book has got so many practical ideas beyond yours and has all these other ones that other people have written into that you wove in so beautifully in several different sections. This was something that stuck out to me. You're talking about stress. In many cases, stress is a choice, which was a really big statement. It's my responsibility, my response. But you said to view stress as a warning flag. And I don't think I do that. I think I'm just like, I'm stressed. <laughs> and that's it. Don't take the time to step back. And I love that idea. And I think if you take those two questions, how can I make this easier or what can I do to simplify my life, then that's a really good response, I think, to viewing stress as a warning flag. Is this something that you've always done or is it a newer thing? I would say for the past probably six years. So I used to struggle with debilitating anxiety, like debilitating anxiety and panic attacks. And um, I really had to do a lot of personal work, inner heart work to really get to the root of where a lot of this was coming from, a lot of wounds, a lot of things that um, I had to really heal from. And false beliefs, negative narratives. um, I talk about this a lot in my book, Love Center Parenting, but really had to unearth that and then really step into the truth. And so for me, that huge shift, and it was a two-year process of really unlearning and relearning and really stepping into the truth of who I am in Christ as a Christian and understanding how much I'm loved by God and then living out of that love, it made such a difference for me in all areas of my life. And one of the things for me is I realized that I was doing so much 
because I cared about my reputation. Like I, I was seeking out the approval of others. And so a lot of my anxiety was related to my addiction to approval. And so when I worked through those things, it made such a difference for me. So now when I'm feeling that stress or anxiety coming on, I really try to stop and be like, where is this coming from? And so often it will be because there's some really dysfunctional or unhealthy kind of belief that's starting to rear its head. Like I'm worried about what somebody else is going to think about me in this area, or I'm feeling like I need, I'm not living up to this standard that I've set or someone else has set. And so really digging into that has been very helpful for me. And then to then just stop and be like, okay, hold up. What's the truth in this situation? And in parenting, I feel like we can so often parent out of fear, pride, and selfishness. And so we will be all stressed about our child in this situation of, you know, they made a mistake. And so then we're just super stressed about something. And when we really stop, we're actually, it's because of our pride. Like we're parenting Mm -hmm. for our reputation instead of our relationship with our kids, or we're afraid of the future. And so we're parenting out of our fear. And so stress just to me is such a warning sign of usually there's something in my heart that's Hmm. out of line. And so instead of just being like, well, it's just inevitable, like stress is just, life is stressful. To be like, hold up. Like, what am I believing in this moment? What is true? And what is really weighing me down? And then what can I do about it? And if you have someone that can process this with you, my husband's really good at just helping me. Sometimes I just need to vent it all out. And then we need to kind of pick out the pieces of what's true in this and what's just kind of crazy that I need to let go of. And where am I having dysfunctional beliefs that I need to really work through? Okay, so this is even deeper than I was catching from it. And I love that. It could be, maybe it could be more surfacey, like how can I simplify my life? But also what beliefs do I have that might be a little off? or I need to revisit. So I, I do think that that's a, an amazing set of six words. View stress as a warning flag. Not just, I think, I guess I think in my life, and I think a lot of people just live with it. Mm-hmm. Ah, whatever, everyone's stressed. And so you just don't ever take time to really dig into it. So there's so much in here, Crystal. So cohesive. <laughs> uh, okay, talk about mornings. This is a really big thing. Mm. Mornings are important. And mornings can be so busy and stressful and just start your day off on the wrong foot. What do you do to try and ensure that you have a peaceful, somewhat peaceful, productive morning? Well, I think first off, starting the night before. Like, what can you do the night before to set your next day up for success? And so for me, that looks like just doing a quick cleanup. Like, and oftentimes I will ask my kids, I'll be like, okay, we're going to spend 10 minutes. Everybody's going to come downstairs and we're just going to work for 10 minutes. And, you know, if you have kids at your house, put them to work. Like that's, that's my philosophy. If you are teaching them skills for the rest of their life, it's a gift that you give them and 10 minutes, you know, like everybody can do 10 minutes. And and if we all work together for 10 minutes, we get a lot done. And so setting up ourselves for success the night before by just quick cleanup, And thinking through the next day, for me, I write usually my time block to-do list, which is so that I'm looking at my Google Calendar. I talk about this in the book, but then looking Mm -hmm. at that, what do I have that is on the list that needs to happen tomorrow? What do I want to happen? And then writing out a time block to-do list for the next day with lots of wiggle room, lots of breathing room, because there are lots of interruptions in life. So planning for those interruptions 
But that helps me then to kind of set the tone for the next day. I can go to bed and I'm not having my brain swirling of like, how's tomorrow going to happen? And what about this? And what about that? I already have a plan. So I can just go to bed and then get a good night's rest. Like I feel like that getting a good night's rest and prioritizing that makes such a difference for the next day as well. Mm-hmm. In the mornings, starting my day, like I talked about with prayer. And so then releasing those things that I might be feeling that stress and kind of getting to where's this coming from if I'm feeling some stress and tension. And then also gratitude for me is huge of just thinking of what are the few things that I can be that I can start my day with being grateful for because that really reframes our perspective. And mm-hmm. then I can go into my day with not only having kind of released what I'm stressed about, but then also spoken out what I'm grateful for. And then it just helps me to have a much lighter spirit to then engage with my kids or whatever comes, you know, during the day. But I also try to start my mornings out with just checking in with each of my family members. I find that that's a really helpful thing. And, you know, just checking in with each of my kids, whether it's walking into their room in the morning, knocking on their door and be like, Hey, good morning. How are you doing this morning? And just kind of getting to that touch point of the day. And maybe some of them are feeling stressed or feeling overwhelmed or, you know, have something that they're carrying. And that gives us an opportunity right then to kind of address it versus I found that if we wait and then they come downstairs and they've already kind of rehashed it in their head a whole bunch, then they're going to feel overwhelmed and stressed about it. But if we've kind of already addressed it from the get-go, then that can kind of help them start their day also from that place of peace. And so those are some things that really help just foundationally with our mornings, I also am a big believer in having a simple morning routine and just kind of doing the same thing every morning. What are the few things that you can do to start your day well? For me, that's not only getting a little bit of exercise and prayer and gratitude, but also some sunshine. I sit out mm-hmm. on our screened-in porch and just read my Bible and just spend a little bit of time to just kind of breathe and exhale and inhale for the day and then just touching, uh, you know, each of my kids, like just having that touch point of how are you doing this morning and making sure that we're all kind of starting the day in a good mm-hmm. frame of mind. Um, those are some things that have been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I think what you get out of this book is that you do love your life. And I love that you started with that. This is it. We get one. So why not love it or try to love it the best that you can, that you love your life and that these things are doable. They're not things that are pie in the sky. I could never do that. They're very doable and you can grab them out of your book and you can do the seven week plan where you implement one and you kind of ease your way into it. I love that you had that at the end. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And this time blocking, which there's also a worksheet for that. And you kind of, people would have to pick up the book and, and look at the logistics of that. It's not complicated, but we don't have time to unpack it here. But this time boxing I thought was so interesting because I'm the type that would have a to-do list in my mind, but not assign time to it. So then you kind of constantly feel like a failure. And I think that if you really do take the time to put it in a loose schedule with a lot of margin, you say this, I realize that I can't do eight hours of work in three hours. So I have to either cut back, streamline, or delegate. And then you also talk about having margin in your day for the unexpected. So there is a lot to unpack here with just the ways that we look at our day. And if you do that, then your 
not going to feel like so much of a failure. You're also reassessing too. You say you reassess in the, like in the afternoon-ish, early afternoon after lunch. Yes. That's one thing that a lot of people think is a little bit crazy, but it makes such a difference. Like I can think my day is going to go one way and then stuff happens, stuff comes up. So about halfway through the day to just stop and be like, okay, I'm going to rework this plan. Maybe I'm going to take some things off the list. I'm going to delegate some things. I'm going to move some things to tomorrow, or I'm going to just kind of tweak it so that it's not going to take as much time. And so that I'm kind of regrouping and restarting for the afternoon and starting afresh. And that has really, really helped me. I love it. You say you keep your notebook with you. Specific times written down for each task. I carry my notebook around with me. because I love this. There's so much in here. It's so good. Did you just come up with all this on your own? Like, just like this is what has worked for you over the years and you tweak things. It's amazing. Yes, I feel like a lot of it has been a lot of pieces from a lot of different systems and different people. And then just figuring out what works for me, what works for my brain, and then what really is doable and realistic. And so then sticking with that. And so my, you know, some people are like, I wish that the book had more options for different people and stuff. And I, and, you know, and I tried to give a lot of flexibility, but I understand that some of the things that I share aren't going to work for everyone in every season, but I really wanted to share, this is what works for me to give people you know, just a kind of a little peek into my brain of this is how it works for me and how it's made such a difference for me. Mm-hmm. And you get that. There's so many things that you can grab from. That's what's fantastic about it. There's so many ideas and so many like little things that you could think like there was one that said, have I put anything fun on the schedule? That's a great question. What a great question. What does my soul need? That's a great question. Like we don't really think about these things. So if you're actually really Putting it into a little bit of time pieces, it makes you to, it causes you to think through it a little bit more. You say it only takes 10 to 15 minutes and it helps you be more efficient and productive during the whole day. So awesome ideas in here about using Google Calendar, about time boxing. There's a lot at stake this November. So I'm baking you. Don't be chicken and shop at the local grocery store like usual. Get Good Ranchers instead. Their Black Friday Your Way sale is live, and it's something you don't want to miss. Yes, they have great meat puns, but they have even better meat. And this November, you get to pick your favorite meat to get for free for a year. Yes, you pick a year of free steak, salmon, chicken, or bacon when you subscribe to any box right now. Better yet, when you subscribe to any box on GoodRanchers.com, you not only get a free gift of meat worth up to $480, but you also get $15 off with my special code 1000HOURS. Are you craving hand-cut top sterling steaks, searching for wild-caught salmon fillets, praying for better-than-organic chicken breasts, or perhaps salivating for mouth-watering applewood smoked bacon? If so, then shop Good Ranchers because this November, the choice is all yours. You could save up to $500 with their Black Friday offer. Claim your year of free meat, $15 off, and free shipping with my code 1000HOURS at GoodRanchers.com. Why choose Good Ranchers? Because they're the number one place to get all-American beef, pork, chicken, and seafood. With Good Ranchers, there's no second guessing. And did I mention free meat puns? Go to GoodRanchers.com to Black Friday your way. Use my code 1000HOURS for $15 off any box plus a year of your favorite meat for free when you subscribe. That's GoodRanchers.com, American meat delivered. And then you even have, you say 
one of your best-selling products is this make over your morning course it's a 14-day thing tell us about that Yes, yeah, so it's pretty old now because my kids are really little in the videos on it. Um, but yeah, so years ago, it was it was just the question that people kept asking, like, how are you doing what you're doing? And I realized that starting my mornings well makes such a difference on the rest of my day. And so you can see it at makeoveryourmornings.com, but it's really just helping people in bite size. It's a five minute video, five minute project. And so just helping people to rework their mornings to set themselves up for success. And now we also have Maker of Your Evenings, which is just kind of, you know, kind of reverse engineering. Let's start your day well by setting up your day for success the night before. And um, for me, just it's been such a help to that that first hour of your morning makes mm. such a difference on your day. And so how you spend that, you don't have to have this complicated, you know, I get up and drink this green juice and then I like, what is it? Hang upside down for 10 minutes or something, you know, and then go walk in the grass. I mean, there's some really, some really sophisticated morning routines that people have put out there, but just simple, simple things that can make a difference for your entire day and being mm. intentional. And I feel like that good habits beget good habits. And so if we can start our mornings well, it's usually going to end up that then our days will run well. And by well, you know, not every day is a good day, but there's good yep. in every day. And and I always say, like, look for the good. There's good in every day. And so when we become a noticer of the good and the beautiful, it really changes our perspective. Mm. I love this book more than I was expecting to, which I don't know if that's offensive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. You know, you pick up a book and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a lot out of this. I'm going to learn a lot of things. But I was like, I, I really, really love it. There's mm. so, what I love about it is that, it was thought provoking. Sometimes you just get a system like, oh, do this or do that. A lot of those morning routines, right? Like earthing and do this or drink that thing, your bullet coffee or so, I don't know, whatever all those things are. And sometimes you just get that list of to do's, but this was more like, what do you want your life to look like? And how are you gonna get there? And here are some things that have worked for me and might work for you. And you could tweak them a little bit. You can ease into them. And so it's just, a, it's left a lot rolling around in my mind. And I just adored it. Also, my copy is signed, so everyone else can be jealous. Mine is signed in a pink pen, and it matches the book. And so I absolutely love not because, it. Not, not because I was organized, but because you had a pink pen. <laughs> I did have a pink it, pen. You know, it so. matched. <laughs> That's not I love it. I think I'm more organized than I am. So, <laughs> So this is a fabulous one, especially heading into a new year. This is a great book. You know, we all, I like those new year things. Like some people are really down on new year's resolutions, but I like how John Acuff approaches a lot of things like a new month, a new week. It's a new chance. It's a new chance to make some tweaks that you want to make. And so this is the perfect time to get the time-saving mom, how to juggle a lot, enjoy your life and accomplish what matters most by Crystal Payne, New York Times bestselling author, The Money-Saving Mom. This is obviously not your only book. And all of your books have rave reviews. They're fantastic. So you could get someone like the whole collection, you know, it'd be like a great Christmas gift of all the books. And people can find you in a lot of places. Like you have that, you just said, the website for the morning routine. I'll make sure I put it in the notes. But moneysavingmom.com, crystalpain.com. You're on social media with just beautiful posts about your kids. Always inspiring. Like your stuff gets shared like one million times and everyone's, it's floating around everywhere. And these other books that you talked about, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, Love-Centered Parenting, so many good ones. You're such a good writer. 
I have a lot of words. That's what my, <laughs> my husband says. He's like, keep, keep writing, keep writing, because we need to have some, let out some of those words so I don't have to hear them all. No. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful, absolutely beautiful books. And um, what a gift. You know, you're like really famous in my world here. So people are going to think it's really cool that I got an interview with you. I just had to put that out there. So they're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> you're so sweet. Which well, is always well, fun. You're very famous in my world. So um, <laughs> people were very impressed that like, I got to have you come to my house. Aww, I told my, my sister, my sister-in-law was especially really, really impressed. So it was like, I, I earned a lot of like brownie points with a lot of people because now it's like, Yes, Jenny, you're right. She came to me. <laughs> she cried in my podcast room. Uh, I just, I've just really enjoyed getting to know you better and absolutely adored this book. Crystal, we always end our show with the same question. What is a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? Hmm. So when I was, I think it was 11, 10 or no, I was 10. So my parents, they... Had, they wanted to be debt free. So they had worked really, really hard to pay off their house. And then we moved out to this land that they bought. It was 27 acres. And um, my dad is the executive vice president of a real estate development company. And so, you know, those construction trailers that they will put on like commercial yeah. construction sites. Well, they had one of those in one of their big um, warehouses. So we lived in a construction trailer out on the land while my dad was a general contractor for building our house. Um, but I have so many memories from that time in our lives, but we had all these hedges out on this land that we had to clear and they were full of, there had been a tornado that had come through. This is in Kansas. So there had been this tornado that had come through a number of years before, but had destroyed a lot of the area. And so in these hedges, there were all these pieces of people's houses and things in their houses. And so we cleared them out. And then we built, my brother and sister and I, we built like this little house in the hedge with all these pieces <laughs> from other people's houses. And so we had dishes. I mean, they were, it was like, make, you know, we had like, really, like we had a gate for our door and we had all just like all this fun stuff. And I just have so many special memories of that time where, you know, we were just these little kids just like playing in our little hedge house that we had made. And my parents were so focused on like, building the house and everything. I think they were really grateful that we spent all that time on our little hedge house, but it's just a special memory that I will um, always be grateful for that season of our life. I mean, so unique. No one else will ever answer in that way. That's incredible. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this wonderful book. The Time Saving Mom came out this year. A fantastic read for any family. It, you'll get so much out of it. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon about your other books. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was such an honor.